everybody. Thank you for joining us today on the Rock Your Creative Podcast. We have a special guest today named Brittany Phillips. She is a blended family coach. She is located in Utah. She specializes in helping families that are blending together through death or divorce or what have you. But when you have two sets of families coming together to form one, it can be quite the transition, I believe you would think. So um, we're here. I apologize my voice is a little bit scratchy, but late at night when we're doing this recording. So if I, if I get a little scratchy, that's why. Um, but Brittany, thank you for joining us. We haven't had anybody speak on this topic before. It's new. So um, I think it's a topic that's especially relevant right now because there are a lot of people that go through this. It's super, super common. And I haven't heard of a coach for blended families before. So we're excited for you to talk to us, but before that, could you just get it, let us get to know you a little bit, like how you, where you were raised or how you grew up and how you got into this? Yeah. And first off, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. This is something I feel really passionate about. Um, you know, just in the United States alone, 40% of families are step families. And so just really high numbers and way more complicated than many people understand to kind of be in that situation. Uh, but a little bit about me, I, um, how I got here is I was divorced. I was in my first marriage for about eight years, uh, got divorced, was a single mom. And then that's when I met my husband. He was a single dad. And so we, we tried to combine and we're super excited, had a lot of hope going into this new family. We, our values were aligned and, um, it just seemed like it was going to be really great. <laughs> And um, almost immediately, it was very, very hard, to say the least, um, much more difficult than I anticipated. And um, I experienced a lot of unexpected feelings, um, a lot of loneliness or feeling like I was an outside my own family, um, just felt very, very isolated and like nobody could understand where I was coming from or what my frustrations were in our situation. Uh, seemed like the kids who were getting along before all of a sudden trying to share a space had a very difficult time. Uh, there was a lot of headbutting <laughs> and um, it just rocked me in a way that I was not expecting. So several years of this, I'm going to a therapist, I'm, I'm seeking help in all the ways, but I'm just not finding answers that I'm looking for and um, had to learn a lot of things through trial and error. And just, I like to call it the school of hard knocks, right? We just <laughs> doing it on our own. And so um, we've been married for almost 10 years now. Uh, finally, on the other side of things, looking back at hindsight, and I wish that someone had been there to teach me a lot of the things that I know now. Um, since then, I have actually gotten certified as a step parent coach and as a life coach. So I kind of take the combination of the two and um, use it to help my clients. Um, I've had clients in all the different phases. I've had a client who's actually a therapist that came to me because she felt like the other therapist she was seeing just couldn't understand. So um, all the all the different things. But I feel very, very passionately that blended families can thrive and be an amazing gift when we can get over kind of that hump of, of difficulty at the beginning. 
it seems like the circumstance, it seems like a lot of the feelings that the children will have would be the same regardless of circumstances of coming into the blended family. But I feel like divorce might also bring an extra weight to the children feeling um, extra resentment maybe for a replacement for the other parents. I also feel like there is going to be a lot of different factors going into it, depending on the each person's situation. So for people who are listening right now, I know that you will have looked at your clients and you'll see common denominators that just, that happens with people. What are the most common things that come up when you're like, when you're speaking with clients or for the audience who's listening, what are the most common things, concerns that a, they would have and be their children would have. Yeah, that's um, your spot on that. I, I've never had two clients that had the exact same situation, right? <laughs> Just so many complexities. But uh, common themes, one of the biggest ones is co-parenting frustrations. So how do I co-parent with this other person when we have different beliefs or uh, parenting styles? That's huge can be very, very frustrating, especially if the other person that like an ex-partner is very high conflict and is just hard to communicate with in general. Um, another piece is just for the step-parent role, especially the step-mom, if you're a step-mom, there, there's so much judgment and mm, things in our culture that make that role difficult judgment we put on ourselves um and like i'm not the mom but like it's just hard to you feel like you're walking on a tightrope a lot of the time like if you step over to the right you're gonna fall if you step to the left you're gonna fall you can never please everybody so that can be very frustrating to feel like oh i'm supposed to help raise these kids but i can't speak up too much but i um but i love them but i can't love them like my own because they're not like it's just so many mixed signals that you get it as that um, role. Um, for the kids, there's going to be a lot of unsurety, regardless of how we're going into this situation. They're going to feel um, very vulnerable. But a big thing that happens that I didn't even know there was a name for this until a couple of years ago, um, it's, it's called the loyalty bind that a lot of kids will experience, where they have a hard time accepting a new adult in their life because they feel like if they like this new person coming into their family, they are being disloyal to their other parent. Uh, and so they will be very hesitant to even form a relationship with this new step parent or whoever that is, because they're like, well, if I, if I like my stepmom, then I must not love my mom anymore. And so there's like a process there. There are ways that we can help ease that, but it's definitely a uh, common theme that I see a lot in a blended family. I'm writing that down. That is really helpful. I've never heard of the phrase loyalty bind before. Where did that originate? Where did that come from? I actually don't know the details of where it came from, but I I know for myself personally, when I learned the phrase, I was it blew my mind because I, I recognized it was happening. Um, I could see it happening and didn't know it was actually a thing. So I felt very validated. I was like, oh, this is like a thing that lots of people and lots of kids experience. And it's actually super normal. Um, and it actually helped me 
I st- I was able to let go of some of the things I was taking personal. Uh, so things that would happen or would be said, I was like, that's actually not about me. This is about how they are feeling conflicted. And what can I do now to help them feel a little bit less stressed? But this isn't this isn't a personal attack about me, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, coming from the mom's perspective, and well, even at the dad, I suppose you'd be like wondering, what have I done to? And it must be a fine line because you'd say, what have I done to trigger this this reaction in this child? But to recognize that it might not be you, might just be the situation itself. Does that help? I mean, I'm sure you teach that to your your clients. Does it help them? Yeah. Oh, I think it helps. Um, it helps the step parent for one um, make that mindset shift. So really, it's like the smallest detail that can make all the difference. So instead of saying like they hate me, um, they don't respect me any of those thoughts, those thoughts are going to build up like um, anxiety inside of me, right? I'm going to be kind of tiptoeing around, maybe feeling a little bit bad about myself, could affect my self-worth, which affects how I behave around them, right? All all of that. If I can shift it to say, this isn't a me problem, this is a hard thing that they're experiencing, all of a sudden I have empathy. I have more patience. I have um, this totally new viewpoint that now instead of tiptoeing around, I can have more love. I can have, um, I mean, it, it just shifts everything. It, it, it's mind blowing how much that can change. But when you parent, or not, sorry, not parent, when you coach the parents and in these families, do you coach the child as well or does it depend if the child is open to it or who do you who do you actually coach with this because it yeah. seems to yeah it seems to me like the child knowing that there is this natural thing that they're doing depending on their maturity and their age could potentially open them up to having a relationship without feeling that they have betrayed their original parent yeah yeah for sure so i don't usually talk with the kids, but I do help coach the parents on how to start a conversation and how to kind of give the child permission to like both parents. And usually that's all it takes. Like, hey, I know that maybe you're a little bit nervous about liking this new person, but it's okay to like two people at once. And then you could like give them examples, right? So I kind of help coach them through what that conversation might look like um, and what might be valuable and helpful to the child. Sometimes what happens is you have a child who's being put in the middle. So let's say um, there's the the mom and the dad. And the mom, let's say the mom is really not happy about the dad getting remarried. And so mom's like, oh, this new person's terrible, like talking bad about the new parent. That will make the loyalty bind more difficult to overcome but it's, it can be overcome still. It's it's just, I, I can't control what's happening with mom, what, what mom's saying, but I can control. Um, and usually I actually would have dad have the conversation. So step parent is actually staying out of the conversations here. Step parent's just a supportive role for dad. 
that's what I was going to ask is, do you have the original parent be the one to say, it's okay. You can do both. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Because that, that's the relationship that's been there longer, right? There's already trust. There's already that, that relationship there. Could you walk us through what kind of conversation that would be? Um, with the parent, with the child? Yeah, it could just be, um, how it could look so different depending on the age of the child. Um, uh, let's just say that we're talking to like a 10 year old. So somewhere kind of in the middle, <laughs> um, but you would just sit down with them and, and say, Hey, how are you feeling about things? Start asking how they're feeling. Um, the, the parent could ask how they're feeling about the new step parent. If they're feeling worried or nervous about anything and just let them talk through their feelings, allow them to say, you know, I don't, not sure if I like her <laughs> or him or this new person in my life. Um, and just validate those feelings. So it really starts with that validation, hearing and validating their feelings. And then it would say, you know, um, I know you might feel a little bit nervous about having this new person in your life, but I love this person and I, I really do trust them and I think you're going to like them and it might take some time and that's okay. Right. Giving that permission to, there's no rush, but, um, showing them like child, you child, trust me as the parent and saying that I also trust this new person. And I think that you're really going to like them once you give them a chance. Okay. So during that kind of, um, testimony or witness or backup, whatever you want to call it yeah. to the new parent. Yeah. And then I would also just make a point to say, you know, it's okay to love two people at once. I love you. And I also love this person. And I, you know, just because I love two people doesn't mean I have to love another one less. And that's the same. You can love your mom and you can love your stepmom. And it doesn't mean that you're hurting, you know, that you have to love your mom less just because you're accepting a new person. So if you give examples, you could even talk about like a pet, how you love a pet and how you love a sibling or something, right? You could compare it to something really relatable to them. Do you find you mostly work with one side of a blended family, not both sides, I would imagine? Um, yes, typically, yeah. I'm usually just working with actually the mom in the blended family. So a lot of times my clients will be just a step parent and then I work some with, with some who are both a biological and a step parent. Got it. Okay. Cause I was thinking it is probably a little bit difficult if you do have, like you were saying, a situation where one parent is maybe telling that child that bad things about the other parent or about the new step parent. And, um, I think that'd be really hard for the child to be in the middle of that situation. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's very conflicting for them and um, not not healthy in any ways. I definitely don't <laughs> encourage parents to go around talking negatively about their other parent because what happens is the child is like, I am both of these people. And so if you say that my mom is bad, that maybe you think I'm bad too and they they kind of internalize that so it's very um we have to be really careful how we talk about the other parent yeah for sure you don't want to run down the other parent 
that's not going to help me. But, uh, but you said you work with mostly the moms in the blended families. What is their number one? Or actually, can you give me the top three concerns? We've talked about a few, but we could just nail down the top three things that they bring to you and our issues with and maybe address them because someone in our audience is going to be listening. And maybe years from now, they'll be listening and say, oh, well, that's that's me. And this is that I want to be able to help my audience, our audience as much as possible. So if we can get the broadest themes and then maybe give some examples of how we could work on on the issues. Yeah. So um, let me I just want to clarify I work with the mom in the blended family who's also usually a step parent. So she is step parent and biological parent or just the stepmom. Um, so that what that looks like is trying to find the balance of being the step parent. Um, I know I'm not the mom. I don't want to step on toes, right? So how do I navigate that what does this role even look like and the hard thing about that is there's no clear answer some step parent some step moms are full-time step moms and mom is not in the picture at all some step moms have the kids like once a month or less even right and so those experiences are going to be so vastly different and that's one of the benefits of having a coach is uh there's no like blanket answer for anybody's circumstance so that ambiguity, I guess, is probably one of the biggest um, frustrations I see in clients. There's just no defined, this is how it should look. Um, another is just feeling isolated, uh, feeling like other people don't understand. So for example, you've got kids going back and forth between different houses and then you go talk with your friends and um, your girlfriends or whatever, and you mention how it might be frustrating and they kind of just glaze over because they have no idea what you're talking about and they can't even comprehend what it would be like to have a child half of the time or just on the weekends, or, you know? And so it's, you feel very lonely and like nobody understands. Um, the, the last piece, I think I mentioned this, but it's conflicts with co-parenting. Um, communication, hundred <laughs> percent. How can we communicate effectively, even if we don't like each other very much? And that's a big a thing. I'm a big advocate about actually that you don't have to like your co-parent to have a respectful relationship. We don't have to be best friends. We don't have to hang out on the weekends. We don't even have to go on vacations together. We can have separate lives but have mutual respect no it sounds like they're unsure and they're alone or they feel alone and i would say the third one is just maybe a little confused about what's happening with logistically as well yeah but that sounds that sounds so much like so many problems that people come across is and and of course that's going to be hard if you don't know what's happening and you're feeling like no one understands but you said there's 40 percent of the families this sounds yeah. like something that really ought to be addressed a lot more <laughs> yes i agree I'm like why is no one talking about it <laughs> but, 
So that's you. You're pioneering this, at least uh, starting it. Yeah. So how do you help them? So when clients come to me, I actually take them through that framework. Um, I like to call it the family fountain, where we focus on three different areas, but we they, they go in a very specific order. So first, if you have a, like a water fountain where water is spilling out into the different tiers, it fills up at the top, in the top tier. And that's where we start. And that is where I like to compare to us as an individual. I have to be okay myself before I can help anybody else. I can't fill my fountain up unless that top one is full first. So we focus there. We're going to strengthen ourselves. We're going to find our confidence. We're going to figure out um, what our role is. We're going to work on our thoughts and our our mindset, um, understanding what our needs are, learn how to set boundaries. Go ahead. I'm just just raising my hand. What, um, how do you help them figure out what their role is? Um, that, you know, that really is totally dependent on each family and how we have to figure out is like, what do you want? What do you want <laughs> to do in your role? Do you want to be more involved? Do you want to be less involved? Like what's feeling right for you? So it's, um, even like just asking your body, like, am I feeling resentful right now? Then maybe I need to cut back a little bit. Do I wish I was more involved? Then maybe I can make that happen too. So it just depends on where, and it actually will change. It should be very flexible um, because maybe at the beginning, I'm not involved very much or I, I'm playing certain roles. I'm not helping with homework, but I am helping with um, the, making dinner, or whatever the thing is. Um, but maybe with more time, it's going to shift. And maybe I do start adding in homework help or Whatever, whatever it is I want. So you That's go through the- a process and then throughout that process, you're saying, what do you want this role to look like for you to be happy as a mother? Yes. Yep. And my partner, I, I'm going to take in my partner's opinion <laughs> into that too. But ultimately, I should feel good. It should be a choice and I should not feel obligated to do it. It should be a, something I want to be doing. Really, carry on. You were doing great. Carry on. <laughs> so, um, so we started there at the top. We strengthen ourselves. When we're feeling good about that, that's actually the most important work. But when we feel good about that, then we can focus on the next tier in our fountain, which is our partnership. If I'm not good with my person, my partner, then the family, like, what is the point of the family? <laughs> that's like what's holding us together. That's why we're even a family in the first place. And so, and when I'm good with my partner, what a beautiful example to the kids, like how to communicate effectively, what a, a true like loving partnership looks like. So we're working on that. We figure out how we can um, kind of align our values better, uh, strengthen our communication and how to be work more as a team. Because um, I find actually very often in a blended family, it seems like everything's just trying to pull you apart. <laughs> the world is just like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and so really overcoming that and saying, no, we're on the same team and we have the same goal. We're going to move in the same direction. So that's the next section that we work on is just strengthening our partnership. When those two areas are good, then we can move to the bottom, which is actually where a lot of people want to start is how do we strengthen our 
family unit, the whole unit as a whole. How can we help the kids? What can we do in the home, uh, in our household to feel better, to have more connection, right? Um, what roles do, do everybody, does everybody play in the family? And that's actually the, the last one that we hit on because um, it really, you can't hit that unless the other two are strong. It's interesting. I took a parenting class in university and I remember a very similar idea taught except for the bottom, I believe was you. And they did more of a, like a building up thing. Ah, uh, like a pyramid. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was just what you're saying. The idea of if you don't have a firm foundation, then you can't really build a house on that firm foundation. I think they actually did use a house diagram where the foundation and then you've got the the partners the spouses and then you can add the children in but um when that foundation gets rocky it's everything just starts tumbling down so true (laughs) yeah yeah and it's so true (laughs) um i was gonna say that you know i i get a lot of comments back on some of my content about no kids always come first kids always come first I'm like if you put the kids first everything else is just gonna crumble like if I'm always giving to my kids and like don't take time for my own mental health I'm not gonna be the best mom or stepmom I'm gonna be a mess (laughs) and frustrated and grumpy like all of these things right um but what a beautiful gift that we can give like the best gift we can give to our kids and our stepkids is a healthy parent and a healthy parents working together, right? Like that's rare to have a mom and dad, or even if it's a mom and step, a stepdad or step parent who love each other. And like this beautiful example, I, I can't, there's nothing better than that. No, I agree. I remember for years I did exactly what you're talking about. I was just giving constantly to everyone else. And then I would wonder why I'm always grumpy and why I'm always tired. That's because I was just draining everything, thinking, oh, I'm strong enough. I can just give and give and give, Um, which is what I want to do was my desire. But then I, if I wasn't taking care of myself, I was showing up as a cranky mom. And it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you help the women go through this process and at what point I, do you ever meet with the father in the family at what point does that become a conversation with him or is it just a conversation that she starts to have with him yes so I actually I have worked with couples before but I found that it's actually more um, impactful to just empower the women that I'm working with help them know how to have the conversations themselves. And so, um, you know, I, I could talk to the husbands, that's great. But when the women know how to begin those conversations, it's more life-changing than just having a, some random person come in, <laughs> right? And why? Just be- I want to ask why. And the reason I want to ask why is because, as you know, this podcast is for strengthening families through strengthening women. And so you're very much speaking my language, but I want to hear your reasons and why you say that it's most effective to go through the life. Well, I think for one, it's just, it's not a quick fix. It's like a lifelong fix. 
um, if I can know how to go into a conversation in a way that's going to be more effective, that's a skill that I can use the rest of my life versus like having some person just come tell my husband one thing that's like very short term change, right? Um, and honestly, when we're able to have hard conversations, that's one of the most strengthening things in our marriage. That's when we come together like, hey, we overcame this and we're getting through it together. Like, it's the best. It's scary at first if you're not used to having those. <laughs> you're like, ah, our relationship's on the edge, right? But if you can get through it and then say, oh, we did it and we still like each other even though we had different opinions, it's it's a trust, it's a safety for us. Those conversations are incredibly difficult to have, incredibly difficult. People build entire careers coaching people about how to speak to each other in a marriage. And you add on the extra drama, perhaps, of the other parent. You added the extra drama of the child that is upset. So how on earth do you coach these women to have these conversations? What what do you tell them to do? Give us an example. Like a subject they would broach. Is it specific? Are you saying this this behavior from the child I didn't like or this behavior from the other spouse? Give us actual like how does it hit the hit the dirt? Hit the, you know, how do you do this? Hit the road. Yeah. Rubber hits the road. That's the word. Yeah. The phrase. Yes. Uh, when they come to me, usually it's a very specific thing. And so we kind of dig into, well, what is the actual problem? And what the actual problem is, is not often the real problem. <laughs> it's something else. It's like a side effect. So it really comes in like digging into, for example, um, this child's behavior is not acceptable and um, like a lot of frustration at the child. Okay. But the actual problem that's going on is not about the child at all. It's about how you're not feeling supported by dad or it's about your own insecurity, right? So there's usually a deeper issue. When we can figure what out what that is, then we can get to having a an effective conversation about what the problem is. Hey, um, I noticed that when this happened the other day, this is how you reacted. Is there a reason? Like, let's ask questions. Let's get curious with each other. We're not going to blame the other person. We're just going to try to figure out where what their point of view is. And um, a word I wordage I like to use is the story I'm telling myself. So the story I'm telling myself is that you don't care about my feelings and you don't support me and respect me, right? And I know that my story is not accurate. Can you please help me paint a different story, paint a different picture here? How are you seeing it from your point of view? When we can step back and like say that my perspective is not completely true all the time, <laughs> which can be hard to admit that. Um, but when we can admit that to ourselves, it opens up a lot of doors to say, you know, let's figure this out. I see it this way. How are you seeing it? Let's try and get like the reality of the situation. Does that work well or do they have to kind of switch techniques at times? Yeah, and sometimes it works great. 
I mean, it's just like anything, right? It's a skill, um, learning how to communicate. And um, that's one of the biggest skills that I help my, my clients with. The nice thing about having a coach is you can try it and maybe it doesn't work. And then we can come back and talk through it and like have, have like a little cheerleader like, okay, well, okay, this is how it went. What could we do different? Uh, let's try it again, right? And it's going to be okay. It's not 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 the end of the world yet. <laughs> so no. fair enough. Yeah, it makes sense. It's just um, sometimes I ugh, sometimes it comes back to that men are from Mars, women are from Venus. They just you know they think differently. <laughs> you have to try to communicate in a way that, especially with um, such intense emotions, I think would arise in that yes. sort of relationship. Yeah. And I actually have learned that, you know, maybe we communicate different men and women, but really it comes down to like, we all just want to be loved and appreciated. And when we get defensive in our relationships, it's often because we're not feeling one of those ways. So when I'm able to step back and say, does my husband feel loved right now? Or is he feeling attacked right now? Or does he have to feel defensive because he thinks I hate his kids? Like, do you know, you know what I mean? What's happening in our, like, what are we both desiring? And sometimes it's that we're both wanting the same thing. Like we both want to feel heard and validated, but we don't. And so we both put a wall up, right? I know that happened in my marriage. <laughs> so like, we just wanted to be acknowledged, my husband and I both in the beginning of our marriage and we weren't giving that to each other. When we were finally able to do that, it was like, oh, yeah, that's what I want too, right? We're like fighting about the same thing. We just both want to be heard. I guess then the um, difference would just be the way in which you feel that. Yeah, yeah. Yep, very much. Um, it can appear, it can depend on some factors, but um, if I have, um, sorry, I'm getting distra distracted. One of my kids is singing in the other room, so I'm my brain is kind of leaving. But um, how we're raised and like a lot of our background will affect how we react. So if I can control my reactions that I'm able to finally make some progress, right? Where um, maybe I might say something I don't mean, but if I could actually bite my tongue for a minute and pause and breathe through it, that's progress. Something you said a minute ago made me think of uh, a perspective I hadn't before. When you were saying that a lot of times, like the stepmom will go and talk to the dad and say, I, this behavior was not acceptable and I feel you are supporting me. Does that ever happen in a way where the, the mom goes to the stepdad with her own children when they were behaving in a way that she didn't like and say, I need your backup on this? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm sure. That that happens regularly. Um, but I have found that 
when it's your own biological kids, you tend to get more defensive when someone is like, that behavior is not great. Like kind of mama bear comes out or daddy bear or whatever. Um, that if you feel like someone is being critical of your child, definitely more on edge and and those walls can go up and I'm not listening to you because you are something that feels hurtful. <laughs> Um, so the communication, how we say things can make or break. So is that mostly what you do with the women as you walk them through this process of figuring out the fountains, the levels, how to communicate? Um, and that would be with the spouse, right? But what about with the children? What, what do you teach about how to communicate? Say it's just the stepmom sitting with the child. How do you help them navigate those conversations of welcoming them as um, it's okay if you love me? You obviously probably can't say it like that. But how do you help them communicate better with their stepchildren? Um, I It's a mindset thing that we work on again, um, where that's where defining our role makes a big difference. I was a school teacher for many years, and so I kind of like to think of it as, as a teacher role instead of like a motherly role. And separating that makes a big difference because um, as a teacher, when a student was misbehaving in my class, I would ask them to stop, right? But ultimately, um, the parents are going to be doing any kind of discipline. They're going to be any of that. Right. I might have class rules. I may have consequences, even little consequences in my classroom. But ultimately, I send them home to their parents. And I think that that perspective is very helpful for a step parent because I don't want to be the disciplinarian because I am a new person. They don't have that trust with me yet. Right. And um, it's not going to come across the best. So I'm going to leave that up to doubt. So there will be things like I hand off a lot because I am not the biological parent to that child. And I have some of all that. I actually have, I have biological children and I have stepchildren and, um, and it is a little bit tricky when you have both and you're trying to be both roles at the same time. So for what you might have two children making mischief together and one of them that's yours, you can get in trouble. The other one you say, go talk to your dad. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So that like, it's a little weird. And the kids are like, well, how come they can do that? But I can't do that. Right. And like, well, that's how our family works. <laughs> That's how we're going to do things in this family. It makes sense that you would leave the disciplinary stuff to the biological parent that you take on that teacher role. Um, the one, I guess, playing devil's advocate, I, I try to ask the question that I feel that the audience would want to know or the concerns. I'd say, what about this, but that, but this, or the other? So I'm going to ask one of those, not because I don't think you're doing a wonderful job, just because I am trying to extract as many nuggets out of you as I can in this short time that we have. So um, what if all of this happens and then the mom, the stepmom is like, put yourself in this teacher position. Does she ever come back to you and say, I don't feel connected to this child because I feel like there's an emotional distance because I have put myself as a teacher instead of a mom. Um, yes. And the, the thing is, is the connection will take time. 
uh, you cannot force a relationship. So what I encourage them to do is like, go do fun things. You are the fun part, like go have great experiences together. I want them to remember you for all the right reasons, all the good reasons, not for she was always harping on me and disciplining me, right? It's, oh, she did this fun activity with me. We made a cake together and we really connected about this song. Um, she was always genuinely interested in me. So like, yeah, teachers do those things too, right? That's why I say be a teacher in more of a teacher role is I can still have a really great relationship and I don't have to stress about how they're going to be disciplined at the end of the day. If they get a, an F in their math class, I'm not going to stress about that. I'm going to let the biological parents be stressed about that and figure out how to handle it. I'm just going to tell them how they're great and figure out how to strengthen our connection. Oh, I like that. That makes sense. So you're still working on it, but you're letting just just that one aspect of it be kind of farmed out to your children. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. What else would you like to share with this? I did have a question that popped out of my mind, but I'm sure it'll come back as you speak. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that's come, you know, as priority for you? Um, I, I am just kind of going with what's coming in my head right now, but I think probably the most important thing that if someone was in a blended family is just work on you, find your confidence don't take things personal. Most of the time, they're not. Usually when someone says something, it actually has to do with them <laughs> and what they're going through and and then let it go. Oh, that's really good advice. Thank you for that. Um, darn, I wish I could remember that other question I had. I'll have to message you at some point and <laughs> get that information as well. All right. Um I've never looked at this aspect of families before, a blended life before in detail. So I'm really glad you're doing this work because there are, as I, as you said, so many people who need it. If people wanted to, um, it, two things, if people want to just learn more from you or work with you, where would they do that? So my website is blendingbravely.com. Um, you could also find me on Instagram or on TikTok. My handle on those is it's me, Brittany P. Um, and Brittany is spelled B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y. And if you go there, um, I've got like free resources. Um, my most popular one is called 13 Significant Steps to Blending a Family. So kind of like this some basic skills that things that you want to go through if you're trying to blend, um, how to get out of burnout. That's huge. Um, so yeah, go ahead and grab those. But um, I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching like we, we kind of talked about here because blending a family is so unique and personalized that I find a lot of people just need that one-on-one -on -one help. Um, one more question before we go. Uh, if perhaps, say, a wife has passed away and the husband remarries and you have the stepmom and there is some sort of need for him to discipline the child, which obviously there will be, <laughs> and he says, you know, and the, the mom is 
wanting to let him take that on. But he says, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to discipline this child on my own. I, I'm lost. What, what kind of things can they do at that point when, when he is needing that help? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, and I actually find that the role of the step parent is just to like be a huge support for their partner in any way that they need that. So maybe it's helping them come up with ideas. Maybe it's helping them. Um, maybe it is taking on some of that discipline. Actually, I'll give you one one other nugget here right before, right before we go. But I always recommend to families to come up with house rules. These are rules that anyone that comes into my house will follow, even if it's the neighbor kids or my nieces and nephews, whoever it is, people, we follow these rules. And if we don't follow the rules, then the behavior will be corrected. So my niece and nephew come over and jump on my couch. I'm going to say, oh, we don't jump on the couch in our house. Please don't do that, right? So when we have those house rules, it's not um, my rules. It's we're, we're depersonalizing it. We're making it less personal. We're making it just general. Mom and dad or stepmom and dad or whoever agreed on the rules. We even had a family meeting about the rules. We all agreed that these would be good for safety and for everyone to feel accepted, right? Um, and having those open discussions. But when we agree on those rules, then... It's not a question. We can post them on the fridge. I could point to the fridge and say, oh, look, there's the family rule. So if somebody does have to come in and kind of step up and be more of a parent role, we're making it less about she's so mean to me. It's this is the house rule and everybody follows the rules. That's a really good advice. I think all families should do that, not just blended families. Um and to, to, I think people also have more ownership when they come together and write that sort of thing together. So if you have a family meeting or a family council, then everybody say, hey, you know, what can we do? You all agree, you all have ownership and you're all a lot more likely to follow it and kind of enforce it with each other as well. Yes, yes. The kids are really good at enforcing when the parents break the rule too. <laughs> oh, very useful. <laughs> yeah. No, it actually, it is, it is amazing though. And if you're able to have those family meetings on a regular basis, that's one of the best ways to strengthen that family unit. Like, open conversations. like once a month, once a quarter. Yeah. My, my family, we, st we do them almost every week. Um, we have a day of the week that we kind of get together. Some days they're really short. We don't talk about much and other days they're very long where we're talking about an issue in the family that how can we solve this problem like brainstorm um so yeah i can look different ways but on a regular basis it would be great to have that on the calendar i know not every family has all the kids every week so that might not be an option but when when you can i think it's a really great idea even if you're just celebrating each other even if you're not even talking about problems and you're like Hey, so and so was awesome this week. Let's all celebrate them and and like go take turns and celebrate everyone. We're not going to leave people out of that, right? But let's take turns celebrating great things we all did and make it a, a place that we all want to be. Oh, that's such a lovely thought. I really like that. I think it would help the family as well to be more um, connected to each other. Yeah. 
And I think it's it's good practice in life. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thank you so much for coming today, Brittany, um, and imparting your wisdom and your experience to us. And so that's blendingbravely.com. And we'll have that linked in the show notes for anybody who wants to go, who has a blended family or is going to blend their family and needs some, needs a professional family blender to talk to. All right. um, Have a good week, everybody. We will see you later. Bye.